Welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Royce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. How you doing, Kath? Hi, Pat. Um, I'm doing okay. I uh, This episode is out a little bit late because I got COVID, and so I was uh, not doing okay fairly recently, but... Uh, I'm on the mend. Don't knock on wood. Do not seem to have any problems. So, yeah. Thank goodness for those vaccinations because uh, that shit sucked. I am glad that I didn't have to get it, you know, without uh, prior uh, partial immunity because uh, yeah. not a fan. Not a fan of yeah. COVID. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm hearing mixed reviews about it. Uh, no, so, you know, <laughs> some folks love it. No, I, man, I, I, I got it back in the Omicron wave and like, I don't know, I've, I've been lucky since, but like, yeah, I just, yeah, it, it's, it's scary. You're like, shit, man, what if I get it? And what if it's just, it's that one? What if I get that, that, that strain? Right. It just, it just does me in. Yeah. You oh, said, man. I remember when you had it, you were like, you, you didn't have too bad of a time, right? You were just like no. kind of chilling. Yeah. I just slept a bunch, uh, which I wasn't mad about. And yeah. then I, um, I, I, <laughs> I, I really only coughed when I would smoke weed, and then everybody's like, "You're still smoking weed." I was like, "Not a lot, but I mean, <laughs> shit." I'm not just, I'm at the house. What else am I gonna do? Just take you know, like, edibles, Pat. Take edibles. Yeah, That's well, what we, they're we, for. Yeah, that, that means I had I had to leave the house and go get edibles, and yeah, not, you can't not do as that. easy to come across, which I would have gladly done uh, in an edible. But yo, know, speaking of edibles, it's Moon Tower Comedy Festival this week, and their swag bag had a bag of edibles in it, and I was like, okay, these are like Delta Eight or. Something. Nope. Look at the back. Legit ass bag of edibles. I, I was like, how are they? you drugs. Wow. Totally. Yeah. Uh, the the showrunner, Colleen, had to be like, don't do them tonight. I was like, understood. I can do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. No, I was really sad because I, I had COVID and like I had to cancel some shows and, you know, I, I couldn't leave my house and all of my friends in Austin are at Moon Tower while I'm like stuck, not only not at Moon Tower, but like stuck in my house. And I was just like, Man, this sucks. I, yeah. I miss Moon Tower. What a fun time. It has been a blast. Like, I, I it, this whole two weekend thing, I love that too. Like, it's great. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's good to be the first one. I, I I met a whole bunch of cool people. Uh, just yeah, it's just, it's been a really fun one. It's like the first one where I could really go out and like schmooze and not have to worry about like you know getting home and stuff. And I was able to go out and mm. yeah, it's it's been a good week. Uh, great week for comedy. Uh, great week for the entertainment industry. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm attempting a segue here. All right. Uh, a lot of the entertainment industry is in Austin right now, as they are usually for like festivals like South by Southwest or Moon Tower. And you get to meet a lot of these Hollywood industry types and you get to meet probably the the worst incarnation of the entertainment industry. And that is the actor. Uh, no, no, no offense to my friends who are actors, but most of my friends who are actors who have their head on straight are like, yeah, no, we're the worst. <laughs> so Actors. See, I would put I would put. um like agents and managers as worse than actors as far as like people I don't want to hang out with um yeah know, any more than I have to at like a yeah. festival though I would rank those lower um but actors are are you know it's it's neck and neck sometimes depending yeah. on the person for sure I feel like you have you have you have actors and you have people who act you know what i'm saying like people who act like friends who are like who i mean i know it's the same thing but like i feel like there's something about like an actor there's, you can meet these guys who are just like that's their know, identity yeah 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 that that's their identity you know i really one time back in the day i met a guy uh and, and i was at this guy's house and he goes oh this dude's a comedian he says his friend he goes and he goes oh you're a comedian and i go yeah and he goes bro you're in luck 
I'm an actor. I was like, what the fuck is that? How am I in luck with that? And I said, you're an actor. And he said, yeah, I'm actually on my way to an audition. And then he put his hands in his head and he goes, right now. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing that here. And it's that type of actor that we want to talk about today. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about uh, everyone's favorite D-list Hollywood con man. Uh, of course, this is Zach Avery. AKA his birth name is Zach Horwitz. You guys might've heard about him uh, late last year. He got uh, in a lot of trouble for a, and this is crazy that, that an actor could even like come up with this much money, a $690 million Ponzi scheme. Yeah, that is like, I, I, I'm surprised when actors I know have like, you know, a positive bank balance. Like that's impressive. (laughs) If someone, you know, in the entertainment industry uh, is full-time doing their comic musician, whatever. And, but like, they're not a household name and they seem to always have money. Something's up, you know. They like have some other source of income for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're like, either a, tr- a trust fund kid or or they're swindling people. People like truly do not understand that. That like you can be on television and then go home and be a dog walker. Like it is yeah. not. <laughs> it is not like everybody I know. I mean, it's, with comics for sure. Like you know, everybody I know who who's been on like late night or whatever. Like they have day jobs. Like that's yeah. not. That doesn't pay for your life at all. And I, I feel like people think it does. But yeah, unless unless you like kind of know who they are or they have like an extensive IMDB page of like bit parts. Yeah, they're broke. Like they're yeah. not. Making money. <laughs> yeah. And I think what's crazy about actresses is they're broke, but they live in L.A. where you can't like it's like a death knell to appear broke. And that's just got to yeah. inspire some desperation, which I guess is where I say my problem comes with actors. It's like, I'm always kind of like, man, what's, what's your plan? What's your next move? Cause like, you got to look good and that ain't cheap and you're not making money. So what are you doing? It's uh, tough. I mean, my, my, uh, two, I, my old apartment, two, my two roommates were, were actors and like they, one of them made all their money acting. The other one kind of was like, kind of like us, like sort of juggled stuff. Um, but like they were just, they had to audition like as a full-time job go to auditions in order to like make money as as an actor like it it's even even people they were like you know people with agents and stuff they were they would book commercials every once in a while and things like that but it's like you just have to keep being told no and doing a bunch of shit for free until you get something that pays okay it's it's uh, (laughs) it's a nightmare it's a nightmare well, yeah, that's what the, this guy, you know, Zach Avery, he he looked down the barrel that nightmare and he said, not me, not Zach, not I. Yeah. I will not uh, fall victim to, to this lifestyle. So Zach Avery is a D-list Hollywood actor and con man who built investors out of $690 million from 2013 to 2019 by claiming to own the rights to, to dozens of low-budget American films. Zach Horwitz, his birth name, passed himself off as a Hollywood insider who had distribution deals with streaming giants Netflix and HBO to distribute American movies to Central and South America. So investors were roped in early by prompt returns on their initial investments, which is good. You're going to run a Ponzi scheme. you got to have some returns or else you're just stealing money. I don't uh, understand. What is the investment for? Is it to like so, buy the rights to films? Yeah. Essentially, what he was telling people is he would say... 
I have these uh, promissory notes of production from uh, like or of distribution from Netflix and from HBO, and yeah. they want to take like low budget B action sci fi flicks, you know, the kind of shit you catch on Sci Fi Channel like eleven o'clock on mm-hmm. a Thursday. They're sure. like, we're going to take that and we're going to distribute them to uh, Central and South uh, uh, Latin American countries, and yep. through, they, they're going to pay big or whatever. Yeah, right? like. And, okay. it, and that's a huge market, and we just need to secure these distribution rights. And if you can help us secure these distribution rights through your investments, we will offer you returns of upwards of 30%. Uh, some of them are claiming as high as 40%. So Got it. So it was like, okay, we need – what you're investing in is for me to buy the distribution – the South American distribution rights for, like – megalodon eight or whatever yeah and that (laughs) and then like that's what you're paying for and then netflix will then pay out you know the streaming proceeds for these will be huge and you will get a cut of those streaming proceeds is that do i have that right you have that correct yes that 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 is right it's always so courteous when a guy does a scam we can like understand in two minutes i yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i I, really appreciate that yeah 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 yeah. thank you for dumbing your shit down zach avery i really appreciate it (laughs) So Zach used his earnings to further his acting career. He would shoehorn himself into dozens of movies, portraying the image of a successful, wealthy Hollywood producer, performer, and lifestyle influencer. Now, the possibility so of any of So he would use this to get roles? Yeah. So he, so he started a production company. Yeah, we're going to get into this. He okay. has a, a, some IMDb appearances, and uh, and he was he's, he's got some roles in some films, and there's one of the directors was like, well, uh, he, basically the director was like, I don't know why he was on my set. Pretty sure he was friends <laughs> with producer. Uh, yeah. His death scene was so bad and so exaggerated, I wanted to cut it, but was told I couldn't. And he's like, all I can hope now is that the film will become a cult classic because of his crimes. But oh no one was impressed with this dude's yeah, uh, he skill sucks. set. And they were like, we can't cut him out because he, he has too much power. Yeah. Great. Yeah, he's like the it's in comedy. It's like like a guy who who books a club and then it's like all of a sudden gets booked all the time or like uh, yep. yeah, somebody yeah, who like yeah. sells drugs <laughs> and they're just like oh, like oh they're on every show you know yeah so, that is something if you go to local comedy shows to look out for like if you see one person over and over again and they just fucking suck um, that person is either supplying drugs or stage time like no yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> no, that's why nobody rides there. for free man nobody <laughs> rides for free. <laughs> So yeah, so the uh, the possibility of any of his investors regaining even a fraction of what they lost is next to none, and what is being called the biggest scam in the history of the film industry. Uh, I say bigger than Avatar. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, not an Avatar fan, huh, Pat? What's that? Not an Avatar fan, huh? Oh, I mean, I enjoyed it when I watched it in 3D. I just fully understand that it's stupid. <laughs> just... <laughs> I've never seen it. It uh, it does not seem like it, it would be my thing, so I, I have skipped out on it. But yeah, it, it's I've never rewatched it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, this this 3D is supposed to be badass. I'm always high. Let's go. And then that yeah, was it. Sure. That was all I did. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna get into this guy. He uh, now one thing I, I will say about this. Um, so far, this is a huge scam. It involves a lot of people. Zach is the only person who received who received any charges. Everyone else is saying they had no clue what was going on, and sure. I firmly don't believe that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but good old good old Zach here, Zach Avery. Let's hear about this guy. Zach Horowitz was born in Berkeley, California, in 1986. He grew up in Tampa before finally moving with his mother to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Zach was a bit of a jock, and while he did dabble in high school theater, football was his main focus. 
He played for Indiana University before an injury sidelined him, and he instead chose to study psychology for a time and was actually part of a doctoral program before he finally decided to pursue acting full-time. Uh, he says that there were some hard times initially where he had to sell QuickBooks software door-to-door to make ends meet. Um, see, this is like, this, I feel like somebody like this, I can see why he was driven to try to find some kind of shortcut because like it sounds like he's somebody who a lot of things kind of came easily to him like yeah you know just based on his like he was good at sports he seemed to be you know pretty pretty uh, excel academically like he was in a pretty good program like he's not ugly he's not ugly uh (laughs) like so his he, he probably was just like yeah i can do this because acting seems very easy and uh, he probably found that it is not as easy as it looks for some people. I, it, you know, it, to me, acting seems like something where like, you can definitely learn to do it if you have some kind of, you know, like aptitude for it, but it, it kind of just like comes easily to some people and is impossible for other people. Like that's yeah. kind of how it seems to me. I'm a terrible actor. So like, that's, <laughs> that's how I know that. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds yeah, this, like he just wasn't good at it, and he was like, "What the fuck? Why am I not good at this? I'm good at all yeah. these other things, you know." It, it, yeah, it's like when you see like I, I notice this more with male comedians. He's like a statuesque, like super like traditionally handsome male comedian come in, and like they just mm-hmm. realize that like I don't know, like everybody has like rage towards them because they were bullied in high school, and like they're not getting booked and they're not funny, and they're like, "Well, I thought it was gonna be an easy ass just walk on kind of thing," and it's yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, and then they're like, "Oh no, people were just laughing at me because I'm handsome." And yeah, now that yeah, I'm on yeah, stage yeah. And like, my <laughs> handsomeness is not as important as it would be like socially. Uh, it's not going so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's. It, I, I feel that this happens, and like he he also seems like he came from. I don't know what his his life was like. Like, but you know, I mean, there's a. He goes to college. He starts a restaurant before he goes out to California. Something tells me he has a little bit of a safety net. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. For a sh- so, yeah, he said he had to sell QuickBooks software door-to-door. Uh, for a short time, he lived in Chicago, where he opened up a restaurant called Fool. That's F-Umlaut-U-L, that oh. he described as fast, casual, with a healthy twist. Um, but as with most stories of aspiring actors, he inevitably found himself moving cross-country to Los Angeles with his girlfriend and his dog. Now, uh, when Horwitz got there, he hired an acting coach, and he went on the audition circuit. But he had trouble winning parts. But he made some friends. Uh, he actually made friends with two brothers who helped him break into show business. They were a producer and a director, uh, Julio Halavis and his brother Diego. So with Julio Halavis and Horowitz, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Julio Halavis and Horowitz co-founded a production company called One, like letter one, number one, N-I-N-M-M, which I thought would stand for one in millimeter, right? But apparently yeah. it stands for one in a million, and I don't know how that has okay. any... Yeah, that only has one M in it, but sure, yeah. man. That's how much money they're going to make. They're like, fuck it, we're, we're going all in. Tell the bank to give us the other M, we'll pay it off. <laughs> so it would finance low-budget horror and science fiction films with increasingly prominent roles for Zach Avery. Uh, Diego actually directed some of them. Now, this, this is where he starts to, like, use his, like, again, like, his buddy's the producer and the director. He starts getting in all these, like, short films. Um, he had some really interesting ones. What was one of them called? Uh, he has one called Curvature, which uh, was, like, a sci- sci-fi one. But the one that I found that was funny was they did a 20-minute long, um, like, Joker fan movie where, like, it, 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 I watch it's 
real bad. It looks good. It's it shot well enough, but it's like the. It, and we have a whole bunch of like people winning Oscars for playing the Joker, and this guy is not that guy. And uh, they even got Love a fake a lo- Joker fan movie. Like that always yeah. just really speaks to a a really good personality. Someone who's yeah, like, well, I got- love the goddamn Joker so much <laughs> that I'm gonna make Joker a fan, unlicensed fan movie of the Joker. Amazing. Yeah. Oh uh, man, the guy, like, the, the dude, uh, like the guy playing the 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 Joker, he's like in a fucking uh, like padded room, and they come in there and like this is a corny ass line. They're like, they ask him a few questions, and he goes, "Well, now that leaves the question of my teeth." And he opens them, and they're all fucked up. <laughs> so like, all right, yeah, re- yeah, 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 not not that. I was like, wow, that's astoundingly bad. But so he started he started these, and so in 2013, uh, the company announced a partnership. They actually announced it at South by Southwest in 2013. So I was probably a hundred feet away, fucking yeah, <laughs> yeah, drinking out of a little, flask in a porta potty in that little weird courtyard at Esther's Follies that we all yeah. used to hang out <laughs> after South by Southwest. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> So they were they were there and they announced a partnership with a uh, Miami producer named Gustavo Montadon. Now Gustavo Montadon uh, was the head of a company called um, Alabrige. Alabrige, and it was a Miami-based TV distribution company. Now Gustavo Montadon actually was an industry vet. He was the VP at 20th Century Fox for like 30 years. Okay, so, so this is someone that like. If you're partnering with, you're you're doing all right, probably. Yeah, for for sure. I, I mean, it depends on how aware the other person is of the partnership. But sure, because uh, we'll again, all of these people, yeah, deny culpability. Yeah. Uh, later, so yeah. So they dubbed the new formed company One Key Entertainment. Uh, Montadon was supposedly responsible for deal relations with HBO, Netflix, and Sony. Horowitz claimed to report in a report to investors, uh, and he identified Halavis as chief of the company's Latin American distribution arm, uh, in charge of content acquisition and relations with foreign sales agents. So the next step for Horowitz was to secure investor capital. Uh, so for this, he reached out to an old friend from Indiana University named Jake Wonderland. Now, uh, Zach and Jake had grown close during college, but had parted ways when Wonderland and a few of their mutual friends pursued careers in finance while Horowitz headed west to follow his acting dream. So Wonderland meets with, uh, with Horowitz in about 2014, and he meets with him and he, tell, he pitches him on his thing about his distribution rights, and so Wonderland personally, like uh, of, of his own uh, investment money, decides to give him $37,000 to, nice. to get started on this. Um, A nice round number. That's how you nice- know... That's how you know that these people do not have all that much money because it's like (laughs) I feel like if you have a lot of money, you just make that like thirty or forty thousand. You don't go thirty seven k. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That means you had thirty eight hundred. You had thirty eight thousand rents due next month. You can do. You can part with thirty seven. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So the loans were repaid uh, on time and with interest, and which again, that's like as you say, like if you're not. It, the, the difference between a Ponzi scheme is that, and just stealing people's money is that the Ponzi scheme does offer initial uh, returns. So right. he was smart about that. Right. So Wonderland's interest was piqued with this, though. He was like, holy shit, that was a fast return. Him and his boys have been kind of feeling like the grind of the corporate ladder and all their finance jobs. They had to start out sure. at the bottom. Again, ad- ad- adverse to starting out at the bottom, uh, just like yes. their buddy Zach. And then they were like, man, fuck this. We should be able to Stratton Oakmont our way to the top. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're probably like, no, man, we want to go out to, we want to go to like Coachella and South by Southwest and shit too. Like, yeah, our yeah. friend from college is having this great time in Hollywood. 
and yeah. we're all like these in these cubicle farms in uh, at Morgan Stanley or whatever. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, I, I get it. You know, say the, 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 the urge to want to get out there and make your own way in the world. But, you know, sometimes you'll just find out that you're that some people are just better suited for waiting in line. <laughs> and uh, that's what I think. Yeah. Sometimes uh, sometimes there are no shortcuts. That's yeah. just unfortunately how it is. Yeah, I, I bet if you're, if you're like me, I used to think of the day I I hate standing in a line and like I have yeah like, like if I had to go somewhere like I, I went to try to go to Chipotle the other day and there was only like five people and I was like fuck it <laughs> it's like left Austin like, I do Austin not. is a terrible place to live if you hate standing in line because yeah. so much of like Austin culture is about standing in line for things yeah. like <laughs> yeah yeah just I'm in like hell city. South by is all about lines. Fucking Franklin barbecue. Like everything is about lines and it's, yeah. uh, yeah, it drives me crazy. That man, that, that when you, uh, when you fucking stroll in through a crowd of people with your little, uh, moon tower badge, that is a feeling that is yet good. to get old and I don't think it ever will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, with, so Wonderland decided to pitch, pitch this to his boys. And these were dudes that Zach Horowitz also knew from college. Uh, mm-hmm. A pair of guys by the name of Joe D'Alteris and uh, Matthew Schweinsger. So this group would essentially sell promissory notes to investors. The promissory notes uh, declared that Zach would use their capital to purchase movie rights and then sell them to HBO and Netflix. So mm-hmm. Wonderland, D'Alteris, and Schweinsger founded JJMT Capital in an 1,100-square-foot Chicago apartment and started raising money for the deals. Uh, they called it JJMT because they were joined by a friend named Tyler Crookston, uh, who had graduated from Indiana University in 07. So JJMT stood for the first initials of the founders, Jake, Joe, Matthew, and Tyler. Just sure, the coolest man. Don't thing. overthink yeah. it. Don't overthink yeah. it. Sit in front row at the Northman, baby, and we left halfway <laughs> through because it seemed kind of gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see that tomorrow. Very excited. Uh, I was under the impression it's been out for the last week, and me and Sid were like making plans to go see it, and we just kept getting busy. And then finally, like after like four days, we we're like, we should try to go see it tonight. I actually looked, and I was like, it doesn't come out till next week. Actually, so yeah, like, it it just it just it premiered today, I think. So yeah, it's like yeah. it's in it's in New York. So pretty. I'm pumped. trying to go see it tomorrow, man. Looks. I'm dope. sure it'll be filled with Tyler's. No question. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tyler's who hopefully learn a little something, you know? (laughs) So, uh, let's see. Yeah. So they, they, uh, they ended up starting this and they started this with the, the sole purpose of, uh, of why they started this company was to hawk Zach's promissory notes. So this yeah. wasn't like they didn't have a diversified portfolio or a right. diverse client list, you know, or did with different holdings. It was literally our friend lives in Hollywood Cheddar, cheddar, bang, bang. You know, like it was just, that was the, sure. the fucking point A, point B. Like, we know a guy in Hollywood. Let's make some money, and let's hit up all of our rich friends and family for money, which mm-hmm. is initially what they did. So the JJMT crew went out and found dozens of investors for Horowitz's promissory notes. They sold the notes to their family, friends, and professional contacts. The notes carried maturities between 6 and 12 months, and each was tied to a specific movie, like blood quantum or la melody nice. <laughs> none of these are good i i looked at i looked at the poster for most of the films but there's a lot there's like 250 involved in all this and they're all very bad like the, the kind of stuff you would expect to be a hit in latin america <laughs> like is it all just... like i'm trying to imagine like is it like those weird direct-to-video like bruce willis movies or is it like monster stuff like sci-fi stuff or yeah it's really, it's, it's sci uh, oh it's, sorry it's like sci-fi horror 
monster. So it's all it, it ranges from like sci-fi to action to horror, and okay. they're all they're all pretty pretty B-list. One of them was called Home is Where the Hell Is. Nice. Or hell is where the home is, and it was okay. like about like I was like kind of like I think cottage core is the day where like the, somebody rents a house and then it turns out all the neighbors want to kill them, uh, nice. that kind of deal. Yeah, but all of them were with B list actors. However, he was starting to get bigger roles. Uh, he he's was he played a Nazi medic in Fury, uh, which so I, he I was, was like involved. Like these were movies that were being made. As he was getting the distribution rights, he wasn't like going back through an archive. Well, well, and... yeah, these these are movies that, yeah, that were that, that I believe were being made, but I think also as it was a little bit of both because there's so many, there's no way that all of these were like taking place while this thing was happening. So, right, right. Then they went out and found some, but they also, but then he was also in, in a... some, like he What's was that? also he was also in some of them. So like, yeah, yeah, though that was the ones that one in a million created on their own, Got and they, it. They, okay. that were directed by Holovis, and they would, but they, they they made quite a few of those too, right. and I don't know if they ever offered that as like, oh hey, you can invest in this movie, even though they already owned it, but yeah. uh, I, I'm not sure. They what, probably what, what, tried to sell those to streaming too. Like, oh, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, why not? But like at this point, they come up with so much fucking money. It's like six hundred ninety million dollars. Make a movie. That's you know, that, yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot of money, man. Like that's you know, like, like just yeah. That's like a that's a, that's a a lower tier Marvel movie. I think yeah. that amount of money. Like yeah, yeah, easy, man. Yeah, like you could just and you could just like crank out indies for like years, you know. And just, yeah, uh, totally. Or crazy idea, just buy the fucking film rights because like we'll get to that later like how little they actually did with this money right but, they were just ponzi scheming it and it's like you have enough money you could have done this for real yeah. yeah now in this time period though zach is in his bag man he is in his era because he is like at this point i was able to find a whole bunch of interviews with him um where he's just it's like hey we sat down with hollywood insider you know uh zach avery Young and it's just, phenom yeah because he's like yeah. our age too so he's probably yeah. people are probably like oh this guy's great yeah this dude yeah he was in like a, a fitness magazine called swagger uh <laughs> where, and yeah they did a whole spread on his ass um he did one where it was like asking like how to be an actor and he started talking like he was you know like part of the craft like he was fucking like he was like you know like started talking like he was a. uh, uh Daniel Day Lewis or something. He was like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all about having thick skin and getting back out there. And they were like, Is there any words of advice you'd have to anybody? And he was like, Yeah, watch out for people trying to scam you. <laughs> like, I don't know the ah! exact quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then he fucking painted himself as like this, like this victim of like all these people trying to come at me. And there was one story he told the about haters. Yeah. yeah. About a guy posing as an agent and getting him to shoot a test reel. And then um, posting the test reel to a YouTube page associated with the agency and then just ghosting and leaving. And mm. he was like, I tried to find the, 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 the video, but I couldn't because he doesn't give names. But he talks about how he tried for like two years to get YouTube to take it down. And he goes, man, that video is probably going to be on the Internet forever. And that's just like a testament to my initial gullibility. And I'm just like, what is is it that the video is like the acting is so bad? Or right. Like, who cares? It's, is it's, he doing it? He thinks it's valuable, I think is what yeah. it is. I, yeah, well, I think maybe there, well, I never thought of that. I was going to say maybe he got tricked into like some tickle game type shit. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, where he just has like a, like a plunger on each ass cheek and he's wearing a scuba mask or some weird shit. He's just like <laughs> got duped into it by some shady Hollywood guy. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, so at this point, 
Yeah, you could so you could buy into these specific titles, and in this initial fundraising drive, they raised about two hundred and sixteen million dollars um, on the backs of about five hundred promissory notes. That uh, that they said, and then of course JJMT would take a cut of the thirty percent to forty percent interest rates that Horowitz promised to pay. Mm. So this goes on like pretty much like they don't miss a beat for about about six years, and that's what yeah, he's doing. That's, yeah, that's that's what, a pretty decent run for a ponzi scheme yeah he bought he bought a six million dollar home uh he fucking you know he 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 bought like um he he spent fifty thousand dollars at a subscription watch service like he just yeah yeah. so he was just like he was living that life for like six years and you know as with anything uh you know he started to have his his henry hill moment and it kind of just became when you know, at first you're duping friends and family, and now you're going out and you're trying to get investment groups. And it's like, hey, dude, these guys will eat your fucking lunch, dog. Like they, they're yeah. these guys don't play around. They're smart. You know what smart. this kind of you know what this kind of reminds me of is the billionaire boys club a little bit. Very, like, I was getting real billionaire boys club vibes yeah. off this. I was like, there's no murder, but yeah, it's no, yeah, it's but like the they they get in over their heads because they try to bullshit some bullshitters you know yeah. like they get too big for their bridges and they go after too big of a too big of a uh, a whale and it yeah. sinks them you know yeah yeah <laughs> that, that, that's that's really like what happens when they when they i would imagine because they're again i don't want to speak on anybody's lifestyle or upbringing but they're all three pursuing financial careers in chicago after graduating from indiana university and they had a wealth of family and friends to reach out to for initial investments i'm going to say these kids came from like upper middle class upper class backgrounds oh yeah you uh, don't you don't open a restaurant in your 20s unless you have some you know for, yeah, significant, yeah, 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 yeah uh financial stability for sure yeah you're either the best cook of your generation or your dad was like uh the secretary of state for reagan you know like, just something right, like that yeah <laughs> precisely so yeah so he would uh so at this point, they start reaching out to like investment groups, and one investor was a guy that represented a group out of Las Vegas. His name was Jim Russell. Russell was a steel company executive from Las Vegas who had come to meet Zachary Horowitz um, as the actor was seeking investors for his film company. Horowitz made it sound simple. He would use Russell's money to buy the rights to cheap movies like Slasher Party and Satanic Panic, and and then they would resell them to HBO for distribution in Latin America. He'd pay Russell back in six months with a 15% profit. So Russell, at this point, had already wired Horowitz more than half a million dollars after a friend vouched for the 30-year-old actor. Um, no, also, this is coming from a, a very good article in Forbes and also one in the L.A. Times. So uh, you'll nice. look those up. But so now Horowitz is coming back off the, off the initial investment asking for a chance to invest more. So they met for dinner that night. And it was 2017. Uh, Russell was intrigued, but he was nervous. He said, what would happen if HBO declined to buy the rights to a film? Which is a valid question. Yeah, <laughs> seems yeah. like something most people should have been asking. Uh, yeah. prior to this, if you have any like, if you have any toes dabbled in the entertainment industry, you know that most things fall apart. You know, say like, like it's, right. it's, those, it's those few things that, that that stick together to the end, and you get these big breaks. But you spend a lot of times chasing false leads, and yeah. so <laughs> to which, but Horowitz just showing like either his delusion or just like yeah, how bullshit or how full of shit he was. He said. HBO has never backed out. <laughs> like, really? Ever backed out of anything? They Not love a season? all of these piece of shit movies. They yeah, can't yeah, get enough yeah. of them. They lo- you know, HBO has never been about quality. It's always been about quantity. Right. You know? like, <laughs> it's like, now, it's not- Netflix, maybe I'd believe that they Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, HBO. Especially now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, yeah, these guys, I wonder if they're going to try to get back in touch with Russell or to get back in touch with Horowitz in jail. Like, hey, man, do you still have the rights to Slasher Party? Because we were kind of wondering if we could do something with it. So, over the next two years, Russell and his partners made $80 million in loans to the actor's company. They thought they were financing scores of deals to buy and sell film rights. In reality, they'd been lured into what federal investigators describe as one of the most audacious Ponzi schemes in Hollywood history. Now, here's my thing. If I'm paying somebody $80 million on these things, I'm going to I'm gonna want to show my family. I'll be like, hey, bring up HBO. Let me show you this movie. You know, like, right, it feels like that'd yeah. be a, a quick thing. But, you know, as it is with people with money, it's like they get this enormous amount of patience just because you already loaned them $80 million. You might as well not ride their ass. So, right. And it's also like, I feel like it's another thing of this is a commodity. It's not about the quality or like funding anything interesting or good or like artful it's just yeah. like this is just another way to make money why i don't care about watching this movie like yeah yeah that's very true yeah i, I like like yeah entertainers like us would be like hey guys watch this look i'm i'm, right. I'm, I'm dock hand number two in, in sharknado five you know uh, <laughs> which i wonder so um i i have a friend who writes a lot of these types of movies he you know like all the all those sort of campy monster sci-fi movies. I can't remember the name of the company that it is, but like he, it's not trauma, but it's, it's like trauma. It's like an American trauma, but um, yeah, I just wonder if any of his movies, like, you know, the, like, Oh, maybe T-Rex versus Megalodon stuff. (laughs) if, If this has been subject to any of it, but anyway, yeah. Wild. Yeah, so so for for years Horowitz kept the con going by you know uh, the the old Ponzi give and take you know you take using loans from one group of investors to repay what he'd borrow from another. Um, now Horowitz would send his friends like these twenty page license agreements that were purportedly signed by Netflix executives to authenticate the deal, uh, and they had like minute information down to like screen formatting and runtime and stuff that just looks very legitimate. And he would also send all of his financial statements back with a bottle of Johnny Walker blue label, which all is right. Just, yeah. So you drink that. You don't look too close at the paperwork. You know, yeah. things get a little blurry. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is great. Yeah. I, I, I love this Horowitz guy. I love him. I am in love with him. It was all shit faced. So, <laughs> Horowitz was sending similar documents to Russell and the others in the Las Vegas investment group. And uh, to them, the Chicago investors booming business with Horowitz looked like a threat after they met him at the Four Seasons. So at this point, I don't know if he did this intentionally, but he subconsciously, the other group starts trying to out-invest the other group. So he has the group of investors in Chicago uh, through JJMT, and then he has this whole group of of Las Vegas-based investors and so there was a guy, this is a friend of our a friend of our friend Jim Russell, the, the steel executive. His name was uh, Yo- Romik Yegnazari, and he was a home loan officer from Vegas. And uh, he was telling his friend Russell about the deals they were dealing in. And he was like, hey, we're actually competing for, with the people in Chicago, and these are scarce and lucrative promissory notes. Right. I so, mean, because this whole thing is like HBO never says no. This is a guaranteed way to make money. Yeah. So. It's yeah, of course they're like, how do we get even more of these? And if there's yeah. other people competing for them, yeah, he's sort of set himself up to. Uh, yeah, and he's, he's got his firms be you know in competition. In competition with, and I don't know if that was if that was intentional on his part, but I mean either way, probably because it, it, it probably yeah. drives up the it it allows him to negotiate and get more money. So it's probably yeah. what he wants, but it is. It does probably uh, end up leading to his downfall, if I could guess. 
Yeah, that, that, well, that, that, that's that's where it gets in because again, you start dealing with people who who invest professionally and they and they know what the red flags are. So right. Yegnazari from the start was more eagle than Russell to lend Horowitz, Horowitz money. Uh, he said he was trying to swat those guys away and, and get to and to get us first right of refusal on all deals that come in. Um, this whole chain of emails is just riddled with typos, but it's from 2017 <laughs> and it's from Yegnazari uh, urging his partners to finance deals for four more films, among them a slasher in the woods flick called Ruin Me, which is kind of funny because he's like. <laughs> Yeah, hey, we should just invest in everything. It's a film, I don't know, it's called like Ruin My Life or Fuck Up My Life or yeah, something like right. that. <laughs> ironic, very ironic title. <laughs> yeah. So Yegnazari said, this is the goose that lays the golden egg, guys. Let's just hope they keep coming month after month. Oh, just a hopeful idiot is the most pathetic thing in the world. Yeah, uh, there are suggested... no geese that lay golden eggs, guys. Yeah. Like, that's, that isn't yeah. in that story, it's a con. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man. Guys, this is an emperor's fresh new set of duds, and I want to get right. on the ground floor of this. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing about a gift horse is you got to look directly inside of its mouth. <laughs> exactly. He just gets every bit of common knowledge wrong. <laughs> but yeah, he said he, he said that they quote should ride this baby out as long as we can. <laughs> Which, and he would brush off Russell's annoyance at Horwitz for refusing to let them see his business records. Which that that right there, it's like that should be. The red flag. But Yegnazar, he said, you know, if anything, not sending us financials proves to me even more that they are not desperate. They don't need our money. <laughs> Which, yeah, yep. Rever- little reverse psychology there. Just yeah, like, yeah, well, man. I don't need you anyway. Oh, <laughs> they must be very successful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And, he, and so Russell replied, he said, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous that he does not want to share his financials as we are currently lending $5 million. He said, yeah. this is a very common practice to ensure that a company is making money, has sales, and has the ability to pay. Sorry, I'm not risking millions based upon someone's word who I don't know. Yeah. The next day, Yegnazari tried to calm his partner. Uh, he sent Russell a corporate registration he'd found for one in a million uh, capital on the internet. Uh, he said, keep in mind, please, that our HBO contracts we are getting... Um, show that they will always have enough money for, uh, I'm sorry, keep in mind please that our HBO contracts we are getting show that they will always have enough money for us since HBO is sending them minimum guarantee funds, he told Russell he said, also keep in mind I verifies those contracts directly <laughs> with HBO so now he's lying a little bit he's like, you know, he's, yeah. he's just trying to get his buddy to drop that money he's like, no dude, I talk to HBO, it's good and he's just, just seeing dollar signs he, yeah, can't, he can't help himself no matter how sure of a shot you think something is, like if you're trying to sell it to somebody else, just only give them facts because you start making shit up. You know, then you got to ask yourself, why am I even needing to make things up? If you need right. to make shit up, probably not a good sign. So it's very. I feel like this. This does not come up in business for me, but I feel like I have. Uh, I feel like this is very important to think about when you're describing your relationship to other people, where it's like if you're if you're talking about relationship problems or something, and you start like. It, sort of making excuses for the other person and like acting like they like were acted better than they actually did get out yeah. get yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. like same oh, kind of deal man. dude i yeah. shit i read so many times in previous relationships I'm like yeah no she she did get really super stinking drunk but you know she only really has like one or two nights out a month when you don't have the kids you know <laughs> just, right right or just like 
you know, like he didn't mean it. Like, you yeah. know, he, he he said that, but like he just he was having a bad day or whatever. Like he yeah. said sorry <laughs> when he didn't say sorry, like that kind of stuff. It's like, nah, if you're if you're if you know that you have to lie about it to make it sound acceptable to somebody else, it's probably not good. Like yeah. it's probably yeah. not acceptable in, yeah, in kind of any relationship, personal, professional, romantic, whatever. That's probably a good yeah. rule of thumb. Yeah, you don't have to lie to kick it. All right, that has been yeah. well established. <laughs> so now, now at this point, but Russell eventually, like, I, I guess because it's, it's a group thing. Like, he can't, like, you know, like, but he said he just said, "I am still bewildered as to why he doesn't just send the financials." It's so much easier than all this crap. Red flag. Two exclamation points. Yeah. But the Las Vegas group nonetheless kept wiring money to Horowitz. So Horowitz abruptly stopped paying back his investors in late 2019. The reason is not yet clear. I'm going to go out and live here and say he ran out of fucking money. But most likely <laughs> I would I would say if he could have just kept it up for two more months, like it was late 2019, he would have had the pandemic yeah. to blame everything on. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It could have crashed yeah, and burned and he could have said it was because of that. Yep. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, it was just, man. Yeah, if, if, I could, if this somehow could go back in time and, I, and you're listening to this in 2019, whatever lie you're telling, keep it up. You, you, a break <laughs> is coming, all right? <laughs> I wonder how many people got off, like, how, how many people saw the the Goodfellas helicopter overhead and then the helicopter was called off because of COVID and they got to just yeah. <laughs> walk away from something. I, be I bet there were... There are quite a few people out there who had the other shoe was about to drop and then it 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 never did because of COVID. I I hundred percent think that is that is a phenomenon. Yeah, for sure. Like it just gotta be like you know. Like, I wonder like somebody's like the re the rear view is just like police lights and the police lights just cut off. They're like, what the fuck? They're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. um Horowitz, yeah, but yeah, at this point, you know, he was pretty well settled into his life. He had bought that uh, six-bedroom house in Beverlywood, which I'm gonna imagine is between Beverly Hills and Hollywood. Taking a sure. shot, <laughs> um, it had a pool, a gym, a thousand-bottle wine cellar. Um, Horowitz bought a grand piano that he liked to play. I, I would like, I, was, I would just love if he was just dog shit at it, but he just yeah. like sat down, looking all introspective, and was like. Blink dog, blink big. Well, this guy, <laughs> this guy thinks he's good at everything we've established. Yeah. So he probably thought he was like a virtuosic piano player, and he actually sucked. Yeah, yeah. you got to quit focusing on the notes I am playing and focus on the ones I'm not playing. But the ones <laughs> you are playing suck. So, <laughs> so he said, uh, yeah, his, his lifestyle had improved dramatically. Five point seven million on the house, uh, one hundred sixty-five grand on a car, one hundred thirty-seven thousand on private jets. Um, one hundred twenty-five thousand on a quick on trips to Vegas. I saw that fifty-five grand he had in the watch charges. Um, yeah. In twenty eighteen, uh, his American Express charges hit one point eight million. So he's also borrowing from there. You know. Yeah. So as payment demands and lawsuit threats piled up, Horowitz tried to keep investors at bay by insisting Netflix and HBO were late in paying what they owed. Yeah, it's it's not me. It's it's these well-established companies that are lying. Um, <laughs> right. They're late yeah, on their I, payments. That's that's what's happening. I once had a, a comedian, I won't get into details, uh, ask the question. But they're like, okay, so who's lying to me? A bed and breakfast owner in Wyoming or a Long Island comedy club promoter? <laughs> like, like, what <laughs> yeah. Who am I getting the fucking run around here from? <laughs> uh, all the details I can give. But... So the back and forth was detailed in federal court filings by the government. Uh, Russell just texted him in March 2020, Zach, please give us an update. He wanted to know whether HBO had set any dates for payment. Horwitz told him, don't have any exact info on dates. 
The, uh, he said the money from HBO was mired in, quote, multiple layers of red tape due to a corporate merger. Horowitz claimed, but uh, he said that Gustavo Mont- Montadon had been a huge help. Uh, Russell asked, don't you think it's strange that no one's paying you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start uh, to ask some questions, man. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. about when you do that. <laughs> yeah, like, don't, don't you feel alarmed right now? Because you seem pretty cool for a guy that's not getting paid. Right. Uh, <laughs> Horowitz said that many HBO vendors, not just one in MM Capital, were having trouble getting paid. The next day, he refused Russell's request for a copy of a purported email from HBO. Then he urged Russell to not contact HBO. <laughs> That's, yeah, giant red always flag. Always good. Yeah, always good. Yeah, he said the reason he said not to contact HBO, he goes, not trying to cause any more headaches. Just need to be smart about where we are in the process and cannot jeopardize everyone's deal if HBO decides there's been a confidentiality breach. Yeah, so uh, everyone just be cool. That's yeah, yeah, the main yeah. thing. Be, yeah. Be cool like me. I, you know, it's like, yeah, the guy in the room who's not sweating is the guy who is not in the hole. Well, he's in the hole, but he's not worried about where his next fucking return's coming from. He's got right. the money. Like, and the people <laughs> are freaking out. They're rightfully freaking out. So Russell told him that he didn't like his new, quote, hide the ball position, and it raises a lot of suspicions. Horowitz said, there should be absolutely no suspicion. I am clearly working diligently to resolve the issue every single day. Russell, Jesus, get off my back. <laughs> All right. So for the rest of 2020, Russell dogged him for payment of $22 million in overdue loans to no avail. For the group of Chicago, the stakes were even higher. Not only did they have a bigger portfolio of delinquent loans, but they were also facing payment demands from their downstream investors. So among them was Marty Kaplan, a Chicago finance executive whose family with partners stood to lose $10 million. Um, yeah, he said uh, Kaplan had recently met with uh, DeAltaris, uh, De uh, one of the uh, Horowitz's JJMT buddies, and discussed the investment risks. Uh, and DeAltaris told him, yo, look, 99% of my family's money is invested in this. Uh, and he said, DeAltaris told him, he goes, look, man, if something went wrong, I wouldn't be able to pay rent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. so, Dude, trust me. That's, yeah, that is not solid enough evidence. Yeah. Dude, trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, trust me. I'm one of the JJs and the M's and the T's. I even right. forget which one sometimes, but I'm one of the guys, dude. <laughs> So the family's attorney subpoenaed Netflix in December for December 2020 for records on its payments to one in a million capital for distribution rights on a movie called Tulip Fever and 18 other films. Um, the response was puzzling. Netflix claimed to have no record of doing business with Horowitz's company. Uh, and they said, the lawyer said, well, look, we appreciate your response, but we do not believe that Netflix has performed a reasonably diligent search of its files. Like This is like the can you check in the back. Yeah, um, there must be some mistake. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, I'm not out 10 mil, all right? That's not... That, <laughs> we don't live in that universe. Yeah. So, to prove his point, the lawyer attached a license agreement between Netflix and one and m Capital for the documentary's Active Measures and Divide and Conquer, the story of Roger Ailes. Uh, the Irony. next day, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, he forwarded an email exchange between Horwitz and a Netflix lawyer. The documents tripped a cascade of alarms. Once the Netflix legal team understood what Horowitz was up to, it was only a matter of time before investors and federal investigators would find out, too. The contract it's was... It's so network- crazy that, like, all it took to bring this down was someone, like, calling Netflix. Like, yeah, man. That's yeah. all it took. And it, they, nobody did it for years. Like, that's crazy. That it, it but, yeah, is... I guess you're just cashing the checks. Like, the checks are good for a long time, so you don't ask. Like, Yeah. That's yeah, wild. and so... 
the contract was fraudulent. Netflix said they said the email was forged. And also, remember I told you he sent those like super meticulous, detailed like licensing agreements. Yeah. Apparently, that's like very like um, proprietary information from Netflix. So they were like. While this information should dispose of your inquiry, your possession of these fraudulent documents is of grave concern to Netflix. Please explain immediately how you came into possession of these documents and for what purpose, so that we can understand <laughs> what further actions we need to take. Yeah. So, with his financial standing deteriorating, Horwitz and his wife put their house on the market in January of 2021. Uh, the asking price is $6.5 million. A few weeks later, Netflix sent a cease and desist letter to a lawyer... Um, on behalf, that was representing uh, one in a million capital by the name of Luke Steinberger, and it demanded that Horowitz stop circulating fabricated Netflix emails and contracts as if they were authentic. The response they got was terse. They said, "This is to inform you that KNL Gates is no longer representing one in a million. So even his lawyer jumped ship on him. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, point. nobody wants to touch this. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, so finally Horowitz followed up with his own email to Netflix on February 23rd. He said, first and foremost, apologize for any delay in response and the fact that all these unfortunate allegations are being discussed at all. I am looking into the matter and have informed any and all parties that may have been involved in the situation. Thank you. At the next day, uh, Irvine businessman Scott Cohen emailed the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commissions about a feared $15 million loss in what appears to be a Ponzi scheme run by Horowitz. He said he has a group of investors that includes around 35 people who've been waiting 13 months for their payments. Uh, the SEC subpoenaed Horowitz that day for his personal financial records and those of one in a million capital. The SEC had been combing through Horowitz's bank records for weeks. His former Chicago friends had reported him to the FBI and were co cooperating in the criminal investigation. They were also threatening to sue Horowitz for over $165 million in overdue loans. So, undeterred, Horowitz kept telling them that he was working on securing payments for Netflix and HBO. Wow, and March just totally doubling down, even as his lawyer leaves. He's like, yeah. no, they just aren't answering my emails anymore. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, which which is crazy. also like a huge, another, if that weren't true, that's a huge mark for concern. Like, why aren't they talking? What did you do? How'd you fuck this up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, finally, he emailed his boys. Like, he, he emailed the J, the J, the M, and the T, baby. He emailed him, <laughs> and he was like, hey, man. These investigators' accusations of wrongdoing are causing massive issues, not just for me, but also for one in a million. He said, I'm complying with every single thing that's being asked of me and doing absolutely everything I can to assist and facilitate and explain whatever is needed. But right now, it is a problem. Horowitz right, he's basically company. saying the fact that you have turned on me is making it harder for you. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the fact that everybody's working against me is making it real hard to work against you guys. And, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> so he was... Um, Eventually, Horowitz's film company lost another marquee law firm uh, that was representing them. Um, they said they were they were they pulled out when they were unable to verify information about several uh, several purported transactions. Yeah. On April first, the <laughs> FBI secured a warrant to track Horowitz's whereabouts with with location data from his mobile phone. Four days later, the FBI got another warrant to search his house, and then they were uh, evidence suspecting of securities, mail, and good old wire fraud. Aggravated identity theft, which I don't know, which is like steal somebody's identity at gunpoint. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, I don't know what that means. That's yeah. funny. I like that. Comb your hair to look like, <laughs> comb my hair to look like yours now. But uh, <laughs> so, and, and then of course, money laundering. Uh, FBI agent raided, FBI agents raided the house, which Horowitz had already sold. It was an escrow at that point. And the SEC got a court order to seize his assets. Its initial look at his bank balances after six years and $690 million worth of money changing hands. At this point, his bank, his personal bank account had dwindled to three thousand two hundred ninety-seven bucks. Damn, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, you really, 
you really spent it when you had it. I mean, I guess yeah. you just have to. He, he's shuffling all of it around between all of these people to yeah, to you, pay you, loans, you, 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 so. Yeah, I guess his margins just got thinner and thinner as he ran out of money until he yeah. said, you know, three you know, K in the bank. Let's say if it was like thirty to forty percent was his take, right? Was or was, was the return, and he got money mm. off that. It feels like it feels like there was room to keep this going and just lead like a like a cool like above average lifestyle, like you know, like a, yeah, Mo- yeah a modest he, a modest living for sure. Yeah, a modest Ponzi earned living, which which I think you know <laughs> that that's real salt of the earth type. All anyone can ask for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The they they broke down the, the he basically he had thirty two hundred bucks in one account, three hundred and six in another. One of them was down to five bucks. The fourth one was empty. Um, yeah, the, the, the empty one is what probably all of his Netflix and HBO subscriptions were attached to. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna attach those to like the weird card I got to pay for luggage at the airport one time. So if I don't feel like paying it, I don't have to. <laughs> I don't fucking have to get taken out. So. <laughs> Zach, so, uh, yeah, uh, when everything was said and done, though, so he got charged with, as it, uh, aggravated identity theft, um, money laundering, wire fraud, uh, securities fraud, um, mm-hmm. just, just, just being a, a real jerk as well. <laughs> and, um, but recently, uh, as in like last week, Zachary J. Horowitz was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison. Damn. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised. Em- I feel like these guys usually get off a little easier. Well, no one else got hit with anything. And here's what I think. Yeah. I, I I think, because uh, they, they tried to get a hold of um, what, Ricardo Montalban. Oh, Gustavo Montadon. They tried to get a hold of that guy. <laughs> and uh, and he just was like, I don't know this guy. I barely have any relationship with him. Yeah, blah, 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 yeah. Print caller and hung up. Um, Julio uh, and Diego, the Holovis brothers, they were cleared of all of, of all wrongdoing. Um, yeah, this guy the, took the, the fall for a lot of people. It sounds yeah, like. he took the fall for a lot of people, and I just can't believe, especially the JJMT guys, they had to know because, like, they you know they were like getting pressure from their downstream investors, but like, did that just happen overnight? And also, it's like you guys were really out there pushing pushing these loans. I don't know, man. I just feel that. They knew something more than what they're letting on, and he, I'm not the only one who thinks that. Uh, a lot of the investors are claiming they should be held accountable too, because they're still able to go out and earn money for the rest, you know, their life. They're gonna have money right. coming in. Yeah, yeah whereas- they haven't. They haven't had like a, you know, their their like SEC credentials taken away or anything, even yeah. though they were part of this. Yeah. Uh, Zach Horowitz is. Meanwhile, he's in fucking Sing Sing, fucking run, running the prison choir program for thirty seven cents a day. You know, like he's not. Yeah. Gonna have making license coming. plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, so yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, basically, that was it. He he ended up. Um, he stole. Uh, you know, they say at least six hundred and fifty million from two hundred investors, and uh, again, a lot of it wasn't rich investment types. Uh, there's you know, there's the horror stories that we hear with all these ones. People like I'm living on food stamps now. I had to sell my business. I uh, you know, like I don't have yeah. any money left to retire, and I'm in my sixties. You know, all all the stuff that you hear about, where it's not just like the steel executive from Vegas. It's like people who right. thought they found a sure thing because their their nephew's slimy friend works in Hollywood, and they're like, oh, that this will work, and so yeah. Unfortunate. Um, worth it? I'm gonna say no. Uh, ultimately, no. Twenty years in prison is fucking inc- is insane. Um, even when you yeah. get out, you, you're you're gonna be marked as just like as a con man. You can't. Well, that's never stopped anybody before. But um, Wor- it's worth it to be a shady finance guy with a slimy friend. It sounds like. like yeah, 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 yeah. Those yeah. guys got off a okay, but yeah. Uh, don't be the ringleader. Don't be the guy forging the emails. That's don't that's be, what yeah. We don't be the guy. This. 
you got to shake yourself of main character syndrome, not just to get through life and be like a functioning human, but also to get away with crimes. You know, nobody wants yes. to be the main character of the crime. Yep. There's nothing wrong with being a, a bit actor and just catching, the a, catching a little yep. daily wage. You know, that's, little, I mean, but this is classic actor psychology. They all think they're yeah. the main character. So there, that's why there, this you, guy was like this. Yeah, there you go. There you go, man. And, and I don't, um, he does kind of remind me of like a, I would say like a true believer. Like I kind of think, I, I get lost. Either he's like he's just. I I have the feeling he thought it would probably work out, or that yeah. something would that he could just I don't know flip it. But one crazy detail in all of these years, all of those years, all that money he admitted he never once bought a single film distribution right. Yeah, like he never even tried to do the never thing he said tried. he was doing, which is crazy because he could have probably done it. Yeah, yeah, and then that's like. Nuts. He, and then he would have been like, oh, the returns on that aren't that big. But like, you know, it's it's I don't know, it feels like enough for like essentially when you're securing film distribution rights, what's that like 10 emails? You know, like yeah. just, it feels like you can get a huge payoff for like half a day's work just being a go-between between companies and, and financiers. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And then you can you know, get out and maybe buy one nice watch and not subscribe to a monthly right. service for them. Live in a two million dollar house, not a six million dollar house. Like it's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's I, I'm gonna say totally not worth it for Zach Horowitz, but definitely worth it for Ricardo Montalban and yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and the rest of the, the the guys. But um, yeah, that is uh, that is the, this week's episode. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys liked what you heard and uh, want to listen to more episodes, we actually have a Patreon where we have a whole full back catalog, and we release two episodes a month, and you get access to our Discord server, which is really fun these days. It's full of really smart people uh, finding just the wildest NFT tales from all over the, the, the internet, and it's a really fun place to be. So if you guys want to check that out, it's, li- it's at patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. You can look us up there. Um, I'm on tour all the half of next month. I'm going to be up in like... Uh Illinois, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Georgia, and some other places. And you can find that all, all that information on my Instagram and Twitter. Both are at Peasy, P-E-E-Z-Y-T-X. Come and check it out. And uh, Kath, you got anything for us? Um, yeah, I have some shows coming up. Uh, I, I post all my dates uh, on my Twitter at Kath Barbadoro. Um, I think my next show is May 5th at The Stand, which uh, I'm very excited about because my friend uh, NXT superstar Malcolm Bivens is making his triumphant return to stand-up. Uh, he's very funny, so I'm excited to see that. Uh, oh, but yeah. yeah, that should be a fun show. Um, yeah, that's uh, I have a p- another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive, which is about uh, stupid news stories, so definitely check that out. It comes out every Monday. Um, and that's all I have to plug. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Yeah, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. If uh, you're going to be out there moving around, enjoying this, uh, this nice spring weather, just remember, be safe, be smart, but above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time. <laughs>